Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 657, recorded live on Saturday, October 31st, 2020. And here are your hosts, the man who's most likely heard of the sock drawer problem, Dave Play. Hi. And the man who did his own small version of it tonight, Andy Lowe. Hi. Sock drawer problem? I may have heard of it, but under a different name or a different style. Um, unsorted socks, maybe. What? What? Can you describe the problem briefly? You have. Um, normally, it's like you have a drawer containing an unsorted collection of various socks. Yeah. And the the question is always, how many socks do you pull out in order to have at least one matching pair, or two matching pairs, or it's it's okay. It's, so it's it's a basic probability problem. Yes. Basic ish, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Okay. Uh, I mean, two, because in my drawer, my, my cube that I have of unsorted socks, uh, they all match. Now you see, yeah, that would be a very, <laughs> that'd be a simple answer. Isn't it? Oh my God, Andy, I can't recommend it enough. Like just at, at some point say like, you know what? I don't have many socks left. Like I'm just going to donate what I've got. And I'm just going to buy all new socks. And you buy a bunch of them, and you buy them all the same. And then, you don't care. Now, I, I will have to fr- admit, um, in full disclosure, I only did that for my uh, my dress socks, my good socks, that I use when I'm teaching for my good shoes. But it makes it so much better and so much easier to just be like, I don't care. I just reach in and grab two socks. Do you know how easy it is to, like fold the socks when they come out of the dryer you see that okay okay this is my thing though is the fact that um i had changed into my pajamas but i had not put on my pajama socks yes they were upstairs okay megan is sleeping upstairs so i didn't even want to uh-huh. go into the room so i went into the dryer uh-huh and, had and pull out some number of socks to find at least one matching pair. Right. And in my because head, I'm going like... Each one you pull out, the probability of finding a match goes up. Yeah. I'm sitting there in my head going, hey, I remember this math problem. Yep. No, man. No. Just get rid of your socks. Send, like, donate them. Give them to someone who needs well, them. Well, I, I, I literally buy. have... I, I did that, except I've got a couple of pairs of black socks left that are the... I don't know why Hanes did this, but they switched up either their manufacturing supplier or something. But the, I've got Hanes black socks and newer Hanes black socks. And they and don't newer, match. And they don't match. Yeah. I've got like yeah. Gen 1 I and have, Gen 2 black socks. Yeah. For, for my white socks, I have a problem very similar to that. I think I have like four or five different styles of Hanes white socks. Uh, So here's the other solution to the sock problem. You don't care. And you realize that no one's looking at your socks and it's okay if they don't match. But they feel different. Not after 20 minutes. (laughs) They feel different to me. For the first 20 minutes and then you forget. So here's my sock problem, Andy. If you would like to hear a a very different, non-related issue except for socks. You are given an opportunity to either have a fresh pair of socks every morning. Uh, it's it's a, a like rotating pair of socks, right? When you are done with the day, when you take off the socks, when you're done, not like, oh no, it's like some gotcha and in the middle of the day you take off your socks and now they're gone. Nope, none of that. It's the most convenient way of working it out. You get a fresh pair of socks every day. 
for the rest of your life, or you get some amount of money right now. How much money does it take? Because if it were $1, you, like every reasoning human being, would choose the socks, I assume. Well, of course. You would course. choose the socks, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So where does the the, 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 the <laughs> traditional question is like, would you choose the socks or would you choose like a million dollars? And I think the the choosing a million dollars is a bad question. I think the better question is, clearly, you would choose the socks up to a certain amount of money. How much money would it take? Are you planning on setting up a sock subscription program? Is this what this is? No, God, no, because then you'd have to deal with, like, distribution. You'd have to deal with... These are magical fucking socks, Andy. They appear every day. It's not a subscription. You don't have to sign up for it. It's just poof. There's a fresh pair of socks for you every day. I don't know. All right. Well, let's start taking it in in like jumps. <laughs> what, what what was that? Guy's... Would you take a million dollars instead of the socks? Now we're just talking. What's what's that quote where the guy says it's it's no longer a moral thing? It's all it's all about capitalism because now we're just haggling about the price. Right. I mean, clearly there is some amount of money. Yeah. It's all about the price. So mm -hmm. would you take a million dollars right now? Yes. Over the socks. Yes. Fresh socks for the rest of your life. I'm okay not having, like, what? what is a non-fresh sock? I mean, a fresh sock is a, a sock that has not been worn. I've been going my whole life. Yep. A very but you know, <laughs> you know that first time you put them on, when you open up a, a, like, a, a pack of socks and you put them on, that is the most comfortable those socks will ever be. Uh, sometimes is, yes, sometimes no. It is downhill from there. <clears throat> no, I'm I'm think yeah, a million dollars that'd be great. Okay. How about let's go on a low end, five hundred dollars. You know, I I honestly can say I I, <laughs> I don't care that much about my socks. I just don't want to have a mismatched pair of <laughs> socks on my feet. You would never have a mismatched pair of socks. They would always arrive in matching pairs, Andy. But I mean, so would you take the $500 then? Yeah, pretty much. All right. All right. Granted, you know, then I got I got Well, you got to do the math then of how much, you know, how many socks do you go through a year? Yeah. I mean, for the rest of your life, I'm going to bank on you spending more than $500 on, on socks. Yeah, probably. But that $500, I mean, you could have that right now. Spend it on whatever you want. You'll buy socks eventually. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't even remember what the last <laughs> pack of socks cost me. It was so long ago that I just don't remember. I, I'm like, I'm still even trying to remember the last time I bought, you know, I bought, I, I have, you know, I have crew cut shut socks for my, you know, my, my normal days, except when I'm wearing shorts because crew cut socks and shorts just looks wrong. So I have a pack of ankle shorts and I don't even remember when I got them. I got them like, I think when I was starting to run many many moons ago and i still have not used up those socks yet so you'd have to give me a lot of money 
for me to take the money over the socks. Yeah. Because not only am I looking at the cost of the socks, but I'm looking at the like utility of just having a fresh pair of socks every day. Yeah, it probably would be a lot, but eh. I mean, you just said that you'd, you'd probably consider the $500. <laughs> True. So that's not very much to give up a magical pair of fucking socks. Sounds like one of those really weird D&D items. <laughs> socks of everlasting freshness. Every morning, this pair of socks is freshly laundered and is as good as the day it was made. Not what you expected to get into uh, into a discussion tonight, huh? No, no, On I did our not. spooky Halloween episode. <laughs> On our Halloween episode, I did not expect to talk about magic socks. Happy Halloween, Andy. Happy Halloween, Dave. Did you uh, did you dress up at all? I got dressed. <laughs> Does that count? Did you did you pass out candy? I did not. Um, Wisconsin is not in a good place pandemic wise. <laughs> yeah, uh, welcome to the rest of the country. Oh no, no, we're we're kind of like. We're leading the pack in a couple different places. Um, yeah, so I I did not want to encourage people to be out and about. I know some people are able to do it safely. I know some people made um, um, methods and mechanisms to keep themselves safe, which is great. Um, but I feel like I'm not worried about just me. I'm worried about everyone who was coming by and, and encouraging them to do that, I think, was a uh, it was not something I was willing to get behind. Oh, damn. I th- yeah. Michigan, 3,000 new cases. Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> 3,000. That's cute. Yeah, you guys what passed. What are we at? 9,000? 3, uh, you've passed uh, last, yesterday, 5,380 new cases. Yeah. I remember 3,000. <laughs> Just just in case you're wondering, Kalamazoo County, total cases, total cases, 5,237. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Dane County, total COVID cases. Dane County, total cases. You said you had 5,000? Yes. Dane County, total cases, 16,418. Oh, jeez. Now, granted, Dane County has Madison, which is significantly bigger than Kalamazoo. Yes, yes it is. Right? Kalamazoo, wow, you're tiny. Kalamazoo estimated about, say, 80,000. Madison is 260,000. So a little more than three times. Probably about three and a half times as big. But yeah, yeah, no, we're, as I said, Wisconsin is not doing good on COVID. Um, a lot of that, you know how, how in Michigan you had a, uh, an attempt to seize the governor and kidnap her yep. and, you know, remove her from the government that way. In Wisconsin, they're doing it a little more nefariously, which is just that the Wisconsin legislature and the Wisconsin Supreme Court has removed the Wisconsin governor's ability to do anything. Yep. Just in case you're wondering, Madison is market number 93. Kalamazoo is market something way low. <laughs> something way low. How descriptive. Thank you. Anne. Sorry. I appreciate uh, that. Um, I'm, I'm hitting, it's searching right now. 184. Market 93. Yeah. Population 229,000 for Kalamazoo. And Madison, according to market size, 600,000. 
So no, I, I did not do trick-or-treating tonight. I did not pass out candy tonight. I believe you did. I think I saw a picture of you dressed as um, Dr. Jones. Yes, Indiana Jones. We uh, we laid our, our candy choices out on the bricks of our flower bed. Mm-hmm. And the kids would come up and I was standing on the porch. I, would, I, I had looked at them and I said, choose wisely. But that's the wrong character. I know, but still, a couple of the parents chuckled. <laughs> Only a couple, though. Yes. Well, we didn't have a lot of candy. It was we had like two bags, so they they it was very it was very here and there gone very quickly. After what the was two, the, uh, what was the most taken candy? I don't know. We but had, dude, you put Cheez-Its out there. That's not candy, Andy. <laughs> hey. Cheez-Its aren't candy. What the hell kind of house is that? You got a fun size Snickers and a Cheez Its. <laughs> Do you Halloween, sir? <laughs> Do you actually Halloween? What did you do? Raid your pantry? Maybe. <laughs> You're like, well, I've got this one Snickers bar and this Milky Way from like probably a couple months ago. No, no, Kate, Kate had bought a bag of candy. Because she wanted to try and basically put them on sticks and put them in the lawn for people to take. Yep, yep. I've seen that. Pictures of that. Yeah, except our maple tree out front had dumped all of its leaves (laughs) into the (laughs) lawn, like, overnight. Oh, no. So our lawn, I'm not sure if you can see it it in that picture. I can, actually. It would be hard to find the candy amongst the leaves. Yeah. You could have, like, raked up an area. Real? I mean, okay, no. (laughs) No, no. Do you see that spot of green behind? Was that where you tried to rake? Yes, that's where I tried to rake. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Also, your hair is really long. Yes. Yes, it is. I plan on cutting it tomorrow, so. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I just Cheez-Its. I love the Cheez-Its. Because why? Hey, you know, some people like sweet. Some people like savory. Uh-huh. So, you know. I Yeah, I suppose yeah. I do. Oh, goody. My computer has <laughs> just notified me that the clocks are going to change soon. Yeah, because it's almost one. No, it's almost midnight there. Yep. So they won't change yet. They'll, nope. they'll probably still change when you're asleep. Yes. Because they change from two to one. I'll be asleep and then I'll wake up um, and then, you know, continue your day. Like, I don't know where you're going with this, Andy. Like, I will go to sleep. I will wake up. I will. Yes, um, (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Well, the um, the radio automation software can handle the jump forward without a problem. Uh huh. But it is not really built to jump backwards. What? What? Why? Why can it handle jumping forward, but not backward? Okay, so jumping forward is easy. You, all, you say, hey, when your clock hits 3 o'clock, because you go from 1 to basically 159 to right. 3. Okay, I, I take it back. I can see why going backwards is harder. Yes, because you have two 2 o'clock. If you, if you are not including a, a time zone with it, that would be harder. Because effectively, what really happens is your time zone changes. You go from 2 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time to 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, or to 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I think I have those orders correctly, right? Are we going off of Daylight Saving or on Daylight Saving? It ends. It yeah, ends. so you're going back to Standard Time. Yes, yes, it goes back to Standard Time, yeah. which is good because... 
um, power up and power down times for daylight AMs yeah. um, are always based <laughs> off of standard time. So normally, if daylight savings, you know, happens in the middle of a month, I have yep. to go in and reprogram the daylight, you know, to, to do the new time because <laughs> it's all computer controlled. And so the computer, you know, you think time zones is something that we'd have solved by now. <laughs> well, luckily, I found out the um, Windows 7, you can actually say, hey, do not do not adjust for daylight savings time. There's a there's a thing in Windows itself that you can say, no, stay on standard time. Yeah. But then every time you look at that computer, you log in, you're like, wait a second, that's off why by, the, oh, wait. Why is the date off? Yeah, why is it, why is it off by an hour? Oh, yeah, because this is the one that controls the power up, power down. Yeah. Gotcha. So almost 150 years. We've been using time zones for about 150 years. Why aren't they like solved? Like, we we've definitely been using time zones longer than we've been using computers. Feel like we should have a solution for this. <laughs> yep. But also, programming time zones sucks. Yep. Okay. Well. So yeah, I no, no, I will, I will, I will wake up and then most likely just check to see if. <laughs> <laughs> the people I work with remembered that there was daylight savings time and see if all their, you know, all the yeah. clocks are right. Cause I think we were 75% last year. 75%. Got it right. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. It happens literally every year. Yeah. And it's not like it's a surprise. Like, well, what's going to happen? Well, we know exactly right. what's going to happen. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Why don't they have that? I okay. I do remember um, anytime it was daylight saving, either on or off at Zap Zone, we had to call all of the parties for the next day and remind them that it was daylight saving. <laughs> You're like, hey, you're scheduled for a four o'clock party tomorrow. Just a reminder, tonight is daylight saving, so your clock is going to shift. And they were like, oh yeah, thanks for reminding us. Yep. So that's going to be fun on, <laughs> I'll, I'll check tomorrow, but I probably just won't deal with it until Monday. I've got to take my car in for a, a service recall on Monday. So I've got, to, I'll have a couple of hours to, uh, to sit around and, uh, make sure that's all square. Okay. So should we, uh, should we hit topics? Yeah, maybe, probably if you really want to. Now I'm very curious about this, um, my fitness pal, because I think that was, Yes. So I used to use Adidas My Coach for my running. Okay. That and is then, different than My Fitness Pal. Well, no, because Adidas, <laughs> Adidas um, basically sold their running program to My Fitness Pal. Who then who sold then got bought Under Armour? Yeah, who then got bought by Under Armour. So I'm like, you know, going, well, this is just silly. It's like, okay, you know, hey, you're all your data here. You got to transfer over to this thing and sign up here. And then, you know, later I get a, another email going, hey, all your data, you got to transfer it over here and you got to sign up over here. And I'm just like, you know what? At this point, eh. Yeah, I'll, just I'll let use, it expire. I'll use Nike's thing. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, Under Armour is selling off my fitness pal, which I didn't even know was owned by Under Armour. Um, they purchased it for $475 million, and they're selling it for $345 million. How did my fitness pal make money? There was uh, subscription options for my fitness okay. pal for more of the... Um... So one would assume that Under Armour has made their money back 
over on the subscriptions. last five years. Yeah, probably. But it has only lost value, apparently. Approximately $130 million worth of value. This reduces the complexity of our consumer's brand journey by empowering the sharper alignment with our long-term digital strategy as we work towards a singular, cohesive <laughs> UA ecosystem. I think oh UA my god. Under Armour. Yeah, Under that is Armour. the most, like, the most brandy, like... <laughs> Word salad that you could... Business term bullshit marketing crap reduces the complexity of our consumer's brand journey. What the hell is a brand journey? <laughs> I don't. I don't. And sharper alignment with our long-term digital strategy. No, no, that those words are fine. Long-term digital strategy. I can get behind that. But I can sharp, even get yeah, sharper aligning with a. I can get aligning with a long-term digital strategy. How do you do that sharper? And what does it mean to empower that? Are we like? Is this a? Can I? Ooh, oh my god! Can I, Andy? 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 What I need you to do? I need you to go to like some board meeting and unveil the Vorpal alignment strategy. <laughs> Uh, I will point out the the only person I know who can riff off the top, like just going on with this kind of speech. It is a, a interesting skill is Richard Biancolana. He can just like spout this crap out. I get reduced complexity. I've got that. That's fine. Well, what you really of need is consumers. the synergy between the online and brick and mortar cohesion of the essence of the brand loyalty that we need to really hammer down and point at with the... Nah, see, you lost. We trailed yep. off. God, that is, it's hard to do. It's harder than it looks, right? Yeah. Like, you say, oh, it's just making up words, but no... But, like, who the fuck makes up reduces the complexity of our consumer's brand journey by empowering sharper alignment? There's got to be some algorithm to this. But, like, fuck, it's bad. Again, I get long-term digital strategy. I get singular, cohesive ecosystem. I work in a software company. I'm fine with that. How do you empower it and how do you make it sharper? Makes it easier for the customer. How does that even make it easier for the customer? By having a unified system. Okay, it makes it easier for the customer because we can have a unified system. That's what it says. <laughs> okay. Let's try this. We enjoy a global reputation as a professional and flexible solution provider and our company also excels in software customization ability and reliable products. The most important ways in which our company differentiates from our competitors' products is the reliability of hardware and software and our superior price-performance ratio. On top of that, we offer excellent support and maintenance services. Our solution is much more than just a suite of projects. We have evolved our products into a real ecosystem where software and hardware work in symbiosis with customers, developers, and maintenance staff. Our ecosystem is constantly growing as a result of this constant interaction between technology and people. What are you reading? An actual corporate marketing brochure. From what? He does not say. Okay. They are a flexible solution provider. Yeah. So that's that's my fitness pal and us riffing on corporate speak for five minutes. Um, can we talk about the asteroid? Oh, the one that's going to come on Monday? Uh, no, the other one. The one that's actually just staying in the asteroid belt. Oh, the one that we, we landed a... Uh... No, the other one. <laughs> How did we do that? <laughs> oh, the really expensive one. The really expensive one. Okay. Okay. That's that's 16 <laughs> psyche. 
there there are literally three asteroids right now in the news is are, are, are yeah. we serious about that there's the so there's yeah. the asteroid passing by on monday which let's be clear is like not coming anywhere close to the planet earth right like it's uh 935,000 miles 935,000 miles so a million miles round up what's, what's the orbit the, of the moon that's what i'm checking <laughs> Not moon orbit, moon distance. Uh, 238,900 miles. Okay, so this is four times the distance to the moon. Yes. Yeah, whatever. Okay. (laughs) There's an asteroid coming. Four times the distance of the moon. Yeah, I'm not worried. Uh, This other asteroid, though, which, by the way, if this other asteroid were to approach Earth and hit Earth, um, that would not be like an extinction event. It would be like the end of life. It is huge. And evidently, so this this the reason this asteroid is named what it's named is because it was the 16th asteroid found in the asteroid belt. We've known about this asteroid for a very long time, but now we know what it's made out of, or at least we think we know what it's made out of. And it's made out of iron and nickel and copper and other like metal. It's not rock. It's metal. It's a giant piece of metal. If it is metallic in the way they think it is, uh, <laughs> it is worth... I love that all the articles are saying the same thing. They're, they say it's all. It's worth approximately 10,000 quadrillion dollars. Jeez. <laughs> which is also the same thing as saying it's worth 10 quintillion dollars. That's a... Uh... That's all. Oh shoot! No, I, shoot! That was the wrong asteroid. Which the, the, my my miles distance. Um, according to um, uh, the asteroid watch program, it says it's Wait, going. Are there to... two asteroids coming by on Monday? No, 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 no. I've, I've had I had one from last year. Oh, okay. This one uh, right now, it's only the size of a refrigerator. Um, it, it, according to them, uh, could buzz between somewhere between 4,700 and 260,000 miles. Oh, so So this within the orbit of the moon. Yes. But it's also the size of a refrigerator. Yes. Okay. If that hits, would we even know it? Uh, most likely no, because, uh, if it did, it would disintegrate into the atmosphere. Okay. So again, not worried. Yes. No. What we really need to worry about is 2029. Why are we worried about 2029? That's, uh, that's the next time Apophis swings Uh, by. How do we not have its orbit mapped out? Well, there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty with asteroids. Okay. So this asteroid though, 16 Psyche. Yeah. Um, I I love the idea that like it's worth so much money because it's only worth so much money when we don't have access to it. Yes. As soon as you, as soon as you bring that asteroid to earth and flood the market. Not only would it be worthless, most metal on Earth would be worthless. Like, this one singular asteroid would collapse the economy. Yep. Scarcity is a resource. <laughs> What's the third? You know, hey, if people were wallpapering with money because, you know, wallpaper was more expensive than what the money was. I would like an economist to come on and tell me what would happen if... There were an effectively unlimited supply of iron and nickel. And it is expected that there there are other metals on there, like gold and copper. What we could really use is like some lithium and 
Um, oh, God, what are the other rare earth ones? Like neodymium. So here's my thought, though, Andy. There's a lot of iron on this asteroid. It is made up of iron, right? Yes. There's a special class of steel in, in the world right now, which is steel that was made before 1945. Do you know why steel made before 1945 is important? Um, probably something with the nuclear testing. All steel, all steel made after 1945 is slightly radioactive because the entire world is slightly radioactive because we detonated nuclear bombs. So when you want to make instrumentation to measure radioactivity, it would be like saying, I want a device that measures light, quite literally, uh, but the device produces light. This rock was not on Earth when we exploded a bunch of nuclear bombs. Yep. Now, I think you'd still have to do the smelting in space, which has its own set of problems. Because, <laughs> like, how? Uh, but if you did, like, that could be a source of radiation-free steel. Could be interesting. If, All right, know, so we actually, what... Are are we going to send a bunch of space tugs out there? I mean, it's huge, right? Like this thing is enormous. Um, So if we bring it, it, if we, if we bring it close to earth. Yeah. Moving it near earth is like, it's kind of dangerous because if it falls onto earth, we're, we're screwed. Like that's it. But also that's a lot of metal. That's a lot of metal out there. It's, it's good to know that it's there, I think, is kind of where things are. Like, if we could set up um, a, a skyhook between here and Mars, and we set up Phobos and Deimos as skyhooks to explore the rest of the solar system, we could use that to get to this asteroid, which then we could just, like, start sending um, shipments of, of raw material back to Mars and to Earth. That would probably work out well. Probably not in our lifetime. Probably. Okay. So then the other one that I wanted to talk about was Osiris Rex, NASA's uh asteroid probe. Yep, one of. Yep. Cuz we 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 had a second one that like tried to harpoon an asteroid and it kind of messed up. Do you remember that one? Uh I think so, but yeah, no, this was the one where they uh they've collected over 2 ounces of surface material from the asteroid. Yep. Uh they actually collected too much and the uh the flap covering the sample was wedged open. And it so they couldn't were... close cuz it had it had grabbed too much. Yes. Um the good news is now that the um they were able to stow the sample head inside the secure tag sam touch and go sample acquisition mechanism <laughs> okay um and now the um the next step is the earth return cruise the erc yep since nasa is so fond of acronyms the departure window opens in march 2021 for the probe to begin its voyage home and the spacecraft is now targeting delivery of the samples September 24th, 2023. All right. So by September of 2023, everyone needs to read Andromeda Strain. (laughs) Just so we know what's coming. And we have a manual. In fact, ideally, let's read it before then so that we've got a little time to put a couple things together. So what you're telling me is I need to either cry like a baby or get really drunk. No, that's that's on Tuesday, Andy. 
<laughs> so I, did I tell you that um, since, you know, pandemic, uh, we haven't been traveling. Really? And, I yeah. would never have guessed. I know. Um, so, uh, I carried over as, I think I carried over like 10 vacation days from the previous year. Okay. I had, I hadn't used any vacation days this year. <laughs> yep. A familiar problem. So I had 10, all of my vacation days to use this year, plus 10 that I carried over from, you know, last year. How many year. vacation days are you allowed to accrue? Well, I have to use, I'm allowed to carry over 10 every year. Um, but anything else I have to use it that year. Yep. So I, <laughs> I was told, um, you need to use all your vacation days <laughs> in the before next the, months. Yeah. Before the end of the year or you're going to lose them. Yeah. So I've been, uh, as soon as they told me that I took off every other Wednesday <laughs> starting a couple <laughs> of months ago Nice to use up all my vacation days <clears throat> and without realizing it, I got the day after the election off. Good. So you can sit at home. <laughs> On the day after the election, yeah. and still stress the fuck out as the results come in. What's your what is your vacation day plan? This is the last podcast before the election. Yes. What is your election day plan? Are you um, going to be watching? Are you going to be paying well, attention to it? Since you know we work for the news talk station in the city, yeah, um, we are carrying live coverage starting at seven p.m. I think we're going to carry the CBS national feed with local breaks, uh, four two-minute local breaks every hour, starting at seven until oh, I think we're going until about two a.m. And at that point, we're basically just telling everybody to go home, take a nap, and come back for the morning show the next morning. Um, yeah, I'm setting up our news director to be able to handle most of this remotely. It's like, you just go home. <laughs> go home. Because staying here is not going to do anything. Nope. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to have to make sure that's all set up on Monday. So, you know, once it once it starts up, the ball's all already rolling, and I'm kind of just there, you know, on phone call in case something goes awry. Okay. But... So, yeah, we'll be paying attention, you know, we'll be, you know, getting people in place for the evening. But, you know, once everybody's in place, I just I'm going to go home, <laughs> maybe turn on, you know, the TV. <clears throat> I normally uh, I normally flip between um, ABC and MSNBC for my uh, for my coverage, because ABC always has Stephanopoulos and Carvel and MS live James Carvel. Yeah. Yeah. OK. He doesn't, you know. He he looks like James Carvel. So he looks like he did 20 years ago. Yep. Man just doesn't age. I am teaching on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Ah. And it's going to be an interesting class because, um, well, there's the election. There's also a thing that we, we haven't put onto our topic list, which maybe we should have, uh, which is that healthcare organizations across the country are under uh, cyber attack right now. Okay. Like the, the FBI healthcare... Attack. Let's see if I can find the news. Yeah, FBI warns ransomware assaults threaten the U.S. healthcare system. Uh, this was two days ago. This was on Thursday. Uh, federal agencies warned cyber criminals would unleash a wave of data scrambling extortion attempts against the U.S. healthcare system. A lot of the people that I'm I'm teaching on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week are people who are involved in that. Okay. So, like, they might have to disappear for meetings related to this. And also, everyone's going to be watching the election mm -hmm. and not listening to class. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to be like, guys, focus. I know. I know. But focus, please. Oh. Do you want some good news? Yes. 
the uh, the Starlink beta people are out and about. By out and about, I need you to be more specific. Like the people are taking the Starlink places to <laughs> locations that have you know no no wired internet, no no cell phone internet, okay. and just um, let's see, this guy was in the middle of Montana, hundred and seventy four megabits per second down, thirty three megabits per second up. Ping, 39 milliseconds. Hey, that's what I get. I have like a 30 millisecond latency. That's my internet speed test. Run, run, internet speed test. I want a different speed test. I want the one that tells me my milliseconds. Go, (laughs) speed test. I am technically VPNed into work, so that might add some. But also it means that if I'm VPNed into work, I'm going to be using work's um, uh, backbone Mm -hmm. link. So, yep, there we go. I have a 15 millisecond ping. 43 down and 10 up through the VPN. <coughs> I would turn off the VPN, but it would disconnect me from the call. That would be bad. Yeah, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So yeah, um, so the, the Starlink <laughs> Starlink beta people so are out. They're like just taking their equipment to other places? Is that what's going on? Um, you're allowed. Uh, I think people have been testing how, because basically the, all the beta stuff is kind of geolocation locked. Yeah. So you can't take it, you know, everywhere. But a lot of these people, you know, can you know, 30 miles, you know, into the wilderness from their house and, you know, be running fine. I think the guy said he was running, um, I think everything up and running was pulling, uh, a hundred and 112 kilowatts or something like that. Or not, not 112 kilowatts. I think like 112 watts, everything up and running. So this, <laughs> it's very low powered and, yeah. um, Pretty high speed. I'm not sure if we... Did we ever talk about the price point for this stuff or no? $99. We did 90, not. $99 is, a month. They did release. It's That is more than I am paying Spectrum. I don't know how I feel about that. I was hoping it would come in cheaper than what I'm currently paying. Well, I can tell you... Um, I am paying, I am paying $40 a month. I think, no, no, plus taxes and fees. I forgot about those. I'm paying about $50 a month for a phone line, a dial tone phone line. At work. Yes, for one of our transmitter sites. Right, and you could could quite easily move that over, but then you would have to justify doubling the cost. Yes, but having internet out at the site gives me a lot more options than a phone line. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there like looking at some of these broadcasters that, you know, have transmitter sites that you need, you know, you need a helicopter to get to. Yep. So, you know, as soon as, as soon as they can give us a static IP address, I feel like the broadcast industry would just be biting at this hook, line and sinker. Just come on, come on, give it to us. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So yeah, would I switch my $50 <laughs> a month T-Mobile internet to satellite? I'm trying to think of $100. Yeah, $100 a month. I'm I'm trying to think if we've ever maxed out the uh the bandwidth and I don't think we have. I don't think this actually tells me bandwidth. Well, let's see. Monthly usage. Oh, I got my monthly usage. Oh, cuz it's November 1st. Oh. So my monthly usage is only in the hundreds of megabytes. Not very much. No. So far, over the last 31 minutes, we I've used a total of 113 megabytes <clears throat> of traffic. So not a lot. Nope. Um, let's see. In uh, weird news, uh, we talked about Activision Blizzard firing about 800 people last year. Yeah, there was a huge layoff there. <clears throat> um, sorry, a year and a half um, th- during I their... Mean- 
a year, a year and a half. Andy, anything prior to March of this year was a decade ago. That's true. Um, the, the, during their um, during their financial report phone call. Yeah. Uh, Activision Blizzard CEO says he has plans to hire over 2,000 people to meet upcoming production demands. Huh. Maybe you shouldn't have fired 1,000 people. (laughs) Maybe that causes problems with production. Who would have thought? I don't know what to tell you about that, Andy. I know. It's just sort of like, yeah, we're going to let go 800 people. Oh, by the way, a year year later passes. By the way, we're going to hire 2,000 people. I wonder how many of them are people that they fired. <laughs> they um, they plan to focus on the uh, in the coming quarters with increased investment focus on their franchises. So they want to take Candy Crush, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Diablo, and Overwatch and build them up to the same IP level that Call of Duty has. Good luck. They want Hearthstone to be the same size as Call of Duty. According to their conference call, yep. I mean, that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I just don't see it happening. I don't see how Diablo is going to have... I would love for it to be true, but Call of Duty is just so ubiquitous. Uh, yeah, I don't see... Call of Duty is a billion-dollar revenue stream for Activision Blizzard. I don't see Hearthstone and Diablo... <laughs> Hearthstone making a billion dollars. Yeah, no, I don't see Hearthstone making a billion dollars. I mean, they make a lot of money on it. Let's be let's be clear. They make a lot of money on Hearthstone um, for a program, a game that was written and developed by like 15 people. They make a lot of money on Hearthstone. Yep. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, kudos to them. Uh, in the meantime, they're the, the Blizzard developers that left Activision Blizzard have founded their own company. We talked about that last week. Um, and, and we'll see how they do, right? If they come up with new IP and make an honest-to-God real-time strategy game because evidently Activision has abandoned the genre, and it's not like there's good competition in real-time strategy. Who were the big real-time strategy players 10 years ago, 20 years ago? I, uh, I don't know. It was Blizzard and Westwood. Yeah, pretty much. And then EA bought Westwood and fucked that up. And Activision bought Blizzard and eventually fucked that up. They didn't fuck it up quite as hard, but like Warcraft 3 Reforged was kind of a piss poor job. (sighs) Okay. So what else we got here? I don't know, man. Um, Sean Connery passed away. Yeah, that was a that was a kick right there. Still can't believe his last movie was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, Because he retired after that, right? Because it was just so bad. The, oh, 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 I was talking to Kate about this. So remember we had the the random topic of the sirs versus the dames. Yeah. I, I could add another one to that because I found out reading some of his stuff there. Yes. Sean Connery and Michael Caine were friends. Okay. <clears throat> they met at some bottle party or something in like the 50s and then just decided to hang out with each other ever since. Nice. <laughs> so I'm just like... There's, just a there's a bunch of old English actors. Like supposedly, there's a story where you know at one point, like Michael Caine, like held Sean Connery's like jacket, while Sean Connery single handedly beat up like three guys at a bar. <laughs> that that actually sounds amazing. I know. It's like, <laughs> I mean, Sean Connery was a fit guy. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, Sir Sir Michael Caine remembers great star and wonderful friend, Sir Sean Connery. And part of me really now wants to go watch The Man Who Would Be King, because that actually stars Sean Connery and Michael Caine. Go for it. I won't stop you. I know. I just have to find it two hour, two plus hours to sit down and watch. Ha 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 ha. Oh, Christopher Plummer's in it too. <clears throat> hmm. So yeah, no. Yeah, that that's like my third one now is like, man, I would have, you know... <laughs> Patrick Stewart, Ian Keller, uh, Judy Dench, and Maggie Smith. And now I'm like, well, now I'll just add, you know, Michael Caine and Sean Connery to that, too. Patrick Stewart? Just putting that out, right? Yeah. Dude's knighted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was just off the topic, but still, that was, you know, one of those things like, wait, really? Yep. Those two? All right. Um, what else? We, I mean, we're getting pretty close to where we can yep. start uh, off of topics. Netflix is going to do a live series assassin's creed uh yeah yeah when like what setting is this here's well the there's future, there, there's and you uh, got this company with the the animus and they're like sending people back through their brains or are we like in the past again and we're dealing with assassins and the templars is it the first game like is it just the story and where does the movie fit into all of this oh yeah honestly actually where does where does the assassin's creed movie take place was that like? Was that supposed to be Altair? No, no, it was its own thing. Okay. Um, granted, Abstergo, right? That was the yeah. company's name. Yeah. Granted, that was actually a big money maker for him. If I remember correctly, it made him like hundred and twenty some odd million dollars. Made whom? Well, I think it. It. I think its budget was something, and it grossed a hundred and twenty million more than its budget. So it made somebody. 120 million dollars okay worldwide total of 240 million against a production of 125 million okay so not not exactly 100 but do i can i get a rounding error on that one yeah 115 million bucks okay i'll <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that that it made money the, yes. the movie made money where that money went is you know anyone's guess right you have to pay the actors mm-hmm. uh because actors are are typically not in the budget they're they get some amount of the gross well no some of them there is a there is a uh well depends on your agent some of them are put in as the budget and then they get a percentage oh, so of the gross they've on... fixed from the budget plus a percentage of gross yes and they're they're very careful to make it a percentage of gross because a lot of movies lose money quote unquote but make a lot of money like yeah I, man there's some producer shit going on in there <laughs> you can make more money with a flop than a hit oh <laughs> uh, so not only so there's going to be a live action there's going to be an anime yeah. series and there's going to be an animated series according to this article <laughs> that, you know what that reminds me a lot of the matrix Oh, yeah, there was supposed to, the Animatrix was supposed to be in, yeah. They did. It, it was the Animatrix. It was like 18 short vignettes in different styles. And then they were supposed to have the video game, too. And that did, yeah, the Matrix Online. I mean, that was a thing, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. They, they came out with it, and then it promptly tanked. Oops. <laughs> Just um, like the sequels. Wait, there were sequels? To The Matrix? Yeah. Well, I hope so, because they're making a Matrix 4. 
Sorry, I must have blacked out for those other two. <laughs> well, I got bad news for you, Andy. They're making a Matrix 4. Oh. <sighs> so either you watch the Matrix 4 and ignore the middle two movies and just pretend that they don't exist, in which case, good effing luck. <laughs> or... You go back and understand that those movies happened and they have influence in the plot and then you watch the four or you just pretend that Matrix 4 doesn't exist. Balls in your court, low. What you know what I'm really actually interested in is a uh, 16 episode Splinter Cell anime written by the guy who did the john wick films okay isn't that, splinter cell based on tom clancy yes wouldn't it make more sense to have tom clancy write it uh except tom clancy is dead oh that's that would cause a much harder time <laughs> to write the books i forgot he died yep oh okay seven years ago okay yep yep yeah there, there are still tom clancy novels coming out though written by other people Mm-hmm. Like this guy who did what? I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. The guy who wrote the John Wick films? The John Wick films. I haven't seen those. I hear they're good. They are. I I, I saw the first one on TV, and I've been meaning to get the second and the third. But when? Yes. That, that sir. <laughs> the question of Andy's life for the last three years and probably the next six but when but when i'd like to do it but when mm-hmm. so um it's pretty much all that i really am set on okay uh we should probably move on to our topics then yes or off topics but onto the random topics which is to say the random review and the random topic yes the random review is my week i am reviewing agent a this is a game that actually came out. Agent, a game. I'm squinting at you right now in case you can't see. I cannot see, Andy, but it came out in 2015. Yes, it came out in 2015. Agent A. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's a it's a puzzle game, kind of like you know the Room or um, Mist. Yeah, that sort of thing. And it's definitely got a um, it's got a 60s spy thriller vibe to it. Okay. But it's, you know, it's it's sort of like The Room and, you know, those other puzzle games. I've got it on my, I got it for uh, Google Play. And the reason why I picked it up for Google Play is I already talked about it, and it was a dollar. And I thought, you know huh. what, I'll I'll buy that for a dollar. Will you buy that? So you did buy it for a dollar. Yes. And it was... It's pretty, I haven't finished it yet. There's five chapters in here. I'm only uh, partially, I'm towards the end of chapter two. Out of curiosity, did you actually spend a dollar or did you have Google rewards money? I had Google rewards money. Okay. So you didn't spend a dollar on it. You spent your privacy on it. Yes. I spent approximately three trips to Meyer on it. Because every time you go to Meyer, it asks, did you go to Meyer?" And I say, yes, yes, I did. And they said, okay, what'd you do? I said, I, I paid using a debit card. A credit card or debit card. And they're like, okay, do you have a picture of the receipt? You're like, nope. Nope. No, I do they're not. like, all right, here's 60 cents. Yep. Or it's like 40 cents or something like that. But still, it's all right. So I haven't had to, I haven't had to Google any of the answers yet. Okay. So that, you know, the, sometimes it, it, the, the puzzles are not esoteric. They make sense. Granted, I've ac- I accidentally, 
I accidentally. Sometimes they make sense. Um, I you accident- accidented your way through a puzzle, Andy. Uh, uh, two puzzles, actually. <laughs> How do you uh, accidental your way through a puzzle? Well, one of them was a um, a puzzle. Well, actually, both of them were puzzles that you had to basically, you know, find the solution at another location. Uh-huh. And one of them, I just accidentally, just clicking to see what it did, accidentally clicked to the right answer. Ah. And I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> Screw that sense of reward for accomplishing something. I want reward for just random shit. So, yeah, so I, I randomly, I randomly, <laughs> you know, clicked it and got the right answer. I was like, okay, um, sure, I'll take this. I don't know what, you know. I was just clicking around the room, just, you know, exploring. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I I solved it. Oh, okay. The other one was I knew three out of the four answers. And I'm like, I don't want to go and try and hunt down this last answer. You you didn't accidental through this when you brute forced your way? Yeah, I knew three out of the four. And the last one was just, you know, kept on clicking that fourth one until I got it right. (laughs) And it's like, all right. It's it's around here somewhere. We'll figure it out. Very so nice. it's got you know it's got the nice you know the 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 I have the sound on. Um, it's got some nice you know the that sixties you know spy music sort of like um, Evil Genius. Mm-hmm. You know it's you know it it looks good. You know the the puzzles don't seem too hard or too out of whack. So it you know it's. <laughs> It's a fun little game, and it was a dollar. So if if you you know if you're if you do the things like the room and Da Vinci's and blah blah blah, if you do those, then this one would also be up that same alley. And the story's not bad. So um, yeah, it's it's a good little game. And like I said, they've got it for oh, it's on Steam. It's on good old games. They can get it for the Switch. PS4. Oh my god, it's on everything. I'm I'm X- looking at the list right now. Like it's on it's on Xbox, it's on PS4, it's on Switch, it's on computer in like six different ways. It's on uh iOS, it's on Android, it's on Amazon App Store. Mm-hmm. They put this anywhere. Yeah, you could buy it on the Switch for two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So leads me to believe it was probably written in like Unity and then just published for all the different things, because you can do that. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So, if you like puzzle games, here's another one for you. That's pretty game. Yep. (sighs) All right. Random topic. Random topic. Yes. Rolled ahead of time. Favorite American tall tale character. I can think of two tall tale characters. You can probably think of the same two that I can. Are you thinking of Paul Bunyan and John Henry? And John. That's literally the two. Um. I mean, those are kind of the two that we have, right? Like, unless you count Johnny Appleseed in that, but he's not really a, like, a tall tale character. Because, like, there was legit a person who went and just, like, planted a bunch of apples, right? Johnny Appleseed was a real person. John Chapman, better known as Johnny Appleseed, was an American pioneer who introduced apple trees to large parts of Pennsylvania, Ontario, Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois. He was a real person who born and died. Paul Bunyan, however... And uh, John Henry. Yeah, I. so between the two of them, probably Paul Bunyan. Because, like, John Henry did one thing. And and the one thing that he did, like, was replaced with machinery. Yep. And his whole thing was, I'm not going to let a machine replace me. Dude, I'm sorry. You're wrong. I'm trying to, I'm going down the list here now. Yeah, Paul Bunyan. I'm trying, there's, there's a list on Vox of American folklore map. 
I swear there was one like like Pay- Pecos Bill. Here we go. The most iconic fake cowboy rode a mountain lion and lassoed a twister. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I still think Paul Bunyan. But like even that, Paul Bunyan's thing is like I can fell a tree in one swing of an axe. I'm like, yep, and I can do that with technology. I've got a giant blue ox. Great. What do you do with it? You ever heard of Johnny Inkslinger? Nope. Supposedly, he was Paul Bunyan's accountant. <laughs> Why did Paul Bunyan need an accountant? I don't... I got. I gotta Google this one. <laughs> Johnny Inkslinger. Paul's bookkeeper, Johnny Inkslinger, who used a pen manufactured from a garden hose? Really? <laughs> Paul Bunyan needed a bookkeeper. He was said to have invented bookkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't nope. think he did. No, nope, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Ah, uh, yeah, no, our, our folklore heroes suck. <laughs> like, what's the equivalent in England, Andy? What is the folk hero of England? King Arthur. You fucking King Arthur. <laughs> what did he do? I don't know. Pulled a sword from a goddamn stone. United, the United English. the country and the kingdom, and ruled from Camelot with his Knights of the Round Table. What do we have? Goddamn John Henry. Yeah, our country's not old enough to have folklore. No. Like, yeah. I'm. Yeah, no. One of these is listed as General Custard. No, no, he was. Um, that that should not be a folk hero. Nope. Oh, here's the Vox. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I got... And in fact, even looking at this, um, so, like, on the map here, it has uh, Joe Magarak in the northeast out of, of like, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is is actually something that should have been for it before it was made up. Oh. So it's not even real folklore. It is referred to as fake lore. <laughs> oh, lovely. So, like, even our map of folklore is full of bullshit. I you really have, like... John Henry and Paul Bunyan. Hey, man, I still like Pecos Bill. And Pecos Bill, that's true. I, I always forget Pecos Bill. Uh, dude, I mean, he did lasso a twister. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's closer to, like, you know, bending the world to your whims. I don't know, did Paul Bunyan do anything like that? Did he, like, make a canyon or something? Oh, there's lots of stuff about that, how, you know, he, you know, he slept here and created the dunes or something like that, and yeah. So that's that's kind of cool. Like I could, but again, John Henry was like, I do one thing. Oh, these narratives were in Pecos Bill. These narratives were invented as short stories in a book by Edward S. O'Reilly in the early 20th century, and are considered to be an example of fake lore. Oh no, Pecos Bill is fake. Son of a bitch. I guess we have Paul Bunyan. <laughs> Man, I don't know what to tell you. I'm going with Paul Bunyan. In addition to Paul Bunyan and Pecos Bill, yep, there's your Joe right there as fake lore. So wait, Paul yep. Bunyan is fake lore? Is Paul Bunyan fake lore? Do we literally have no folklore? Hold on. I gotta find Paul Bunyan. Let's see. The character originated in the oral tradition of North American loggers and was later popularized by freelance lighter William B. Lawhead. Counts! It counts! <laughs> So there you go. Yeah. So he started and then was shanghaied by yep. a, by a writer. I, I dude, I think it counts. Uh, yeah, I think that one counts too. So yeah, the logger of Paul Bunyan. There we go. That's okay. That's what we got. That's that's kind of like our only folklore. 
Yep. So, um, on that sad note, <laughs> that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>